Hello, Kathy girl. Hello, Nora woman. How was your uh, crop this year? Great. Good. I thought it was going to be terrible. Oh, I meant to bring you. I'm still, I'm still getting charred. And I planted some kale. I will report it because we will be getting the kale in early November. Wow. <laughs> it works. Fun. Maybe you should go to Venice every year. Just ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret to successful it farming. That, yeah, it was weird. There were no weeds. Really? Yes. I used this special kind of mulch. It wasn't cheap, but it worked. Fantastic. I came in and it looked like, ooh, this is like a Julia Child's garden or something. <laughs> Sounds lovely. But now you have something very interesting. Well, I raise it because it's something that you and I have talked about before That's why on it's The Snipper. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because you've talked about something like That's this before. Right. And I have interesting things to say today. It's more on the evolution of bespoke clothes or you know, mass customization. This is a, a website called Indochino, and it was started by two guys who met at the University of Victoria in BC. And basically, it's the idea of doing like custom suits and jackets and shirts and so forth ordered over the internet. So the premise is there's a production house in Shanghai mm -hmm. and they have a set of off-the-shelf type of models that you can pick from, though you can customize it to an extent. You can pick like the lapel lining and various things like that. Yeah. And then they have this sort of thing that teaches you how to take all your own measurements. But that's half the fun. Of what? Of getting a bespoke suit. It's having somebody touch your crotch. That's when they right. Your... <laughs> my, my nephew always says, get him, tell him to stop touching my package, man. <laughs> so they teach you, basically they show you how to take all your measurements and you send that off to them. And then they um, put you together a suit for, they say, like way less money than it would cost you to actually go into a shop because like all of those other internet-y things, it's disintermediating the, the process and getting rid of the middleman, as they say, yeah, i.e. getting rid of people's jobs. I didn't see the price. Did they? They didn't say specifically. They just promised. But I mean, you know, it makes sense right. because you have no retail outlet, so it makes sense that it would be less expensive. But yeah, but this is like, remember, wasn't that long ago we did that piece, Staiku? Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? And I think that was t-shirts and things like that for women. Yeah. Was and that the one where it was using like you would be in front of your connect? Yes, yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. connect one. Yeah. Very good. I had to look, go back and <laughs> look it up. I thought, I, yeah, but it was all about having this virtual fitting room and then you'd basically send off what you wanted and then these people wouldn't be in Shanghai. People in your own country or your own town maybe mm -hmm. would whip it up and send it to you. I think this has got incredible traction and I think we're going to see more and more of it. I wonder if we're going to see like two separate worlds. One will be when you can, you know, get stuff made up like this. Well, I guess it'll be the other you know, we go to Walmart world, but other people you can on make... On the high end. Yeah, Walmart on the no, high no, end. No, no, but on the high end, you would have like... Yeah, that, you'd have something yeah. like this, or you have the real world experience, which is great. When I was in Rome, they've got this shirt store that you told yes, me about. Yes, I did. Campo Marzia, and yeah. you go in there, and you buy these gorgeous shirts, and they treat you so well. You know, back in the old days, remember when everybody used to be really mean when you'd go into <laughs> stores? They'd go, high end stores, yeah. 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 <laughs> Who are you, you yeah. know? And then you'd be sort of scared, but now because the economy is so bad they have to be nice to us and they're like oh can I help you would you like some juice <laughs> no I think that's true and I think not even necessarily the high-end department store but the curated in-person experience where you're going there because the word. person I know you do so you're going into a shop that you really trust the person's taste and they've picked fantastic things to display in there so you're discovering unusual things that you wouldn't find otherwise and then have something like this type of thing for like 
basic corporate drag. But we're seeing a lot of this kind of thing. I wouldn't be surprised if it really takes off because there was even that, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but there, there are ads occasionally for some guy, like a tailor, he comes to Canada I think he's from Shanghai. He comes to Canada a couple of times a year or whatever and like basically goes across the country and fits people for suits. And even that pays, right, for him to fly all the way over here and go travel across that, the country. Well, see, that's like our style liner chick. The one who went around in the little... In uh, the chip wagon. Yeah, the chip and wagon. And with her, all of her... Curated things. <laughs> I hate that word. It's like the new ironic. <laughs> all right, so... Um, Again. Okay. What's specially picked again. with her with her specially picked things? Does that sound all right? That sounds like my that vegetables. That sounds like kale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, but the thing that I do think is kind of neat is that you can actually um, with these suits, you do have a little bit of wiggle room, and that you can sort of alter the design yourself. So it's almost it's not really like sewing, but it's kind of like sewing. You yeah. can just put your own little design stamp on it. Yeah. No, I thought it was kind of cool, and yeah, it's. Um, Canadian-based. Ooh. Ooh, Canadian. Do you remember, Louise, a long, long, long time ago? Yes. When we used to talk about RFID tag technology <laughs> and how we were all going to have RFID tags and these were going to be our bodies were actually going to be interfaces to use with technology and then yeah. all of a sudden mobile phones came in and took all that away, <laughs> yes. right? Well, there's this guy. His name is Donnie Sutanto, and he talked to PSFK about this. He's created this thing. It's called an oyster ring, mm -hmm. and it's got an RFID tag inside of it. That little tag will allow him to go through the London tube stations. Mm -hmm. And it actually works, right? Like, he can actually use this ring to, yeah, as his kind of metro pass, right? Yeah. 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 There's a lot of stuff on there, though, that didn't make any sense to me at all. <laughs> see the one when he was talking about then you could also have the card and that you wouldn't need to have a number you just go and you take your card and you wave it in front of the ATM and it would come the money you wanted you will have told it that you want 20 pounds and I thought what are you going to do whisper it in the card's <laughs> ear well here's what I thought about this first of all I thought he was absolutely right um, in terms of a future of more and more little bits of computational power dispersed in our environment that mm -hmm. we're going to be kind of interacting with a lot of smart technologies in the world around us a lot more. Like, so right now you can do that with electronic payment for the tube station, but I think that's gonna be coming in a lot more kinds of things. That I yeah. think is really true. And I also agree with what he was saying about you know, wanting these customized experiences where things already know what we want, which I think is what he was getting at with, you know, your card is automatically going to give you 20 pounds. Because you ask for 20 pounds all the time? You know, that sort of I thing? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to know what your preference is. I want 20 pounds. <laughs> Let's just put that, put that out there. I want yeah. 20 pounds. <laughs> but you know what was really neat, though, was he was talking about, um, he doesn't think that we'll be using pins anymore, or thank God, I've got so many pin numbers. But that's what I didn't, that's what I wondered about, is like, first of all, the security thing, right? Like, if you don't have, you can't just go and hold up a card and it's going to give you money because that yeah, would be too prone use, to abuse. Yeah, but eye flickers, that's what he says in this thing. For example, we could use our eye movement or pupil dilation to control our interface instead of a mouse. How do you make your pupils? <laughs> <laughs> we could take drugs. Yeah, Large, right. small. I guess you could flash a light in front of your eyes. But uh, no, but he was all about that. Yes. The other, the other thing that I wondered about was, I know that he was talking about the problem of battery power with our yeah, phones. Yeah, that's neat. Because I, have to, I do think that one thing that people really love, and you can see how that's happening, right? How people have, you know, a little Starbucks preloaded thing on their phone, but less than pay for their Starbucks with their phone and so forth, right? And that's happening more and more. And I used to really be a believer in wearable tech and those kind of single purpose interfaces, but mm -hmm. I wonder if really the phone 
and the app-loaded phone has just kind of taken the wind out of those sails. And I know he says, well, you know, they can run out of batteries, but I can forget my oyster ring when I leave the house. And then where am I? How am I going to get on the tube without my ring? He said, if you've got your cell phone, you can have everything in the world up there in your cloud, but once the battery's dead, you're out of luck. Yeah. And what they're trying to do is to create things that you'll still be able to use them. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to worry, like a credit card doesn't have a battery in it. So you'll have that thing and it'll have all your information on it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I could imagine, like, I like the idea of having some super, super secret little piece of jewelry that... Does yeah, something like kind of cool. Yeah, it's like a decoder. It's like a really cool. It's a decoder ring. Because we're 14-year-old boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but other stuff he was talking about, like power sources, you know, like body heater. And actually then, and also kinetic movements. Like, we've talked about that before, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I still want to know how it knows that you want 20 pounds. But I do think it was interesting to see the return of RFID technology, because they talked about it so much. Mm. It was such a buzz term. But I do wonder about the security issues. Yeah, he said that was the biggest thing of all. Remember we used to talk about getting our fingers and hands chopped off? (laughs) (laughs) Or your eyeball gouged out, if that's what they're using. That's right. Oh, Oh, yeah. Well, they already did that in Minority Report, Report. (laughs) which is 10 years old. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? I got a press release the other day that said it's the 10th anniversary of Minority Report. Come to the blog. For links to these stories and more. The Sniffer. Dot net. Bye. Let's go have burritos. Yeah. Yeah.